The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. According to tonight's special guest, the Earth and distant extraterrestrial worlds are reeling in the wake of war and ruin. A powerful insubordinate prince, personified as the dragon, the devil, and the Satan, has mounted an unsuccessful insurrection against the kingdom of heaven in a battle of unimaginable destruction. The planets in our solar system, once teeming with life, have been laid waste and left to careen in the orbit Tohu Babohu, desolate and empty. After untold eons of inundated oblivion, the time has finally come to restore the terrestrial realm and appoint a new regent to govern it, Adam, the first man. This is the preamble to the story of mankind. The offspring of Adam have forgotten the patrimony and purpose of their race. Now faced with extinction at the hands of an alien adversary, it is high time for them to remember. Tonight's guest retraces the pages and will reveal the secrets of the greatest story ever told, the one in which we are all inescapably embroiled. From the galactic rebellion in the pre-Adamic past to the creation of mankind on planet Earth, the fall of the Watchers in the pre-flood world to the machinations of Luciferian forces in modern times, the unveiling of the alien presence to the final battle at Armageddon. We will unpack the synchronicity of these events with scholarly precision and it will leave you breathless on the brink of a post-human apocalypse. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it and click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Known as the modern-day Indiana Jones, Timothy Alberino is a consummate explorer. His inquisitive mind and insatiable appetite for adventure have led him all over the planet in search of lost cities, lost civilizations, hidden treasures, and legendary creatures. He is also an avid researcher and published author whose scholarly pursuits are as daring as his expeditions. After years of rigorous study, Albrino has garnered an expansive knowledge base that enables him to dissertate with authority on a wide variety of esoteric topics, including theories on alternative history, ancient mythologies, megalithic architecture, giants, Bigfoot, and other cryptids, UFOs and alien abductions, transhumanism, and emerging technologies, occult conspiracy, and Christian eschatology. And his latest book is titled Birthright, The Coming Post-Human Apocalypse and the Usurpation of Adam's Dominion on Planet Earth. His website is timothyalberino.com. Timothy Alberino joins us from Bozeman, Montana. Hello, Timothy, and welcome to Veritas. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. 
It is my pleasure, Timothy. A lot of stuff you discuss in this book, but uh, always curious about what brought you into these subjects that we discuss on this platform. What, what was the eureka moment that made you a, a true researcher, a true Indiana Jones? Um, well, a lot of people are probably familiar with uh, the fact that I lived in the Amazon for a decade, uh, in the Peruvian Amazon, and it was it was during that time, I would say, that I became interested in, generally speaking, some of the more arcane and esoteric subjects uh, of, of certainly of the of the biblical narrative, but also in general, um, as it pertains to cryptids and and lost civilizations and megaliths and and, and everything everything like that. Sorry, something happened with the button here mutiny. And the, what year was this? I'm, I'm familiar with the the. The time you spent in the Amazon in, in Peru, what time was this? And, and what, what really changed with you once you spent time down there? Uh, I was, um, geez, I don't remember what year it was, but um, I was, I dropped out of high school when I was 18 years old and uh, I moved to Peru. I went to Peru. I went to the Amazon when I was 18 and then I came back briefly back to the States and then went back when I was 19. And so I was 19 years old when I really, really left. Um, in my mind, it was for good. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Cleveland in a, in a town called Brook Park, uh, Ohio. And so when I left, when I went to the Peruvian Amazon, in my mind, I was leaving for good. I was, it, would be a, it would be at least a decade until I ever came back to the States. Now, that's not what happened, but that's, that's the way that my mindset was. Uh, at the time. So um, I was 19 years old. I'm 39 years old now. So you can do the math. So what was the motivation? Leaving high school, going to the Peruvian Amazon? Were you trying to become an initiate of, of, of nature? What was the motivation? It was complex. Um, frankly, I was um, I was on a quest. I wanted to I wanted to have an encounter with God, like a burning bush encounter. I'd grown up in the church and, uh, you know, I was very familiar with, uh, with the Bible and with Christianity in general, but I wanted to, to have a life altering encounter with God again, like a burning bush type mm -hmm. encounter with God. So that was the primary driver, but also, um, I didn't want to live in the suburbs of Cleveland, I wanted to broaden my horizons and, and, uh, kind of just go on a, a an adventure, um, and, uh, see different parts of the world. And so it was a mix of, it was a mix of motivations. Why did you choose the Amazon as a, may I call it a vision quest? It was, that's kind of a long story, but, um, I actually tried to go to my, my dream at growing up as, as a teenager. My dream was to visit Scotland and Ireland. Mm -hmm. And uh, my initial attempt at, at going on a, a journey was to, to try and go and I was going to go hike the Inverness Trail in, in Scotland with a, with a friend of mine. And, and then we were going to cross over the channel and go to Ireland. And we had this whole trip planned out. It was a three-month trip. Long, long story short. It never happened because when I landed in London, they turned us around and deported us the next day. <laughs> um, uh, they deported my friend and 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 myself, and 
and uh, they called me a Yankee <laughs> and deported me from England. So um, when I came home from that trip, I was, of course, distraught, depressed. And it just so happened that when I returned home, being deported from England, there was a, a fellow by the name of Alfonso Felix, who was a missionary. He's a Mexican guy, but he's a missionary in Peru. And my, and my father was a pastor, so he was preaching in my father's church. And uh, my, my stepmother um, convinced me to go back to Peru with him. And so that's how I ended up in Peru when I was 18 for that, for that month. Uh, that initial month was with Alfonso. Uh, so if I had not been deported from, from England... I would not have gone to Peru. And if I had not gone to Peru, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now because I would have had a different path in my life, certainly. How you know being deported from, from the UK? Why were you deported? I'm just curious. If you, you don't strike me as no a hold again. There was no reason. They, they called me uh, the, the immigration's officer. was not a very pleasant woman. And obviously, she did not like young American males. And uh, she called me a Yankee several times. Wow. And and had open contempt for Americans and deported us. So she didn't, you know, it, it's kind of a long story, but she she didn't like me very much. Let's put it that way. We didn't give her a reason to deport us. We didn't have like drugs on us or something like that. We didn't we did we didn't give her any reason to deport us. Um, it was uh, it was a uh, personal contempt, I would say, for Americans, young young, I would say young white American males. <laughs> I guess she didn't like the history of the exit they had to take after the 13 colonies, right? Well, like I said, she called me a Yankee several times. Right. So that's the only time in my life I've been called a Yankee. Let's begin with your research, the elder race. Let me just read this, an, an excerpt. Quote, the story of mankind begins in the beginning, but not in the very beginning. The beginning of our story marks the Appearance of a new sentient species in the universe, one specifically designed to inhabit the earth. It does not mark the beginning of all other species inhabiting other worlds, nor the beginning of the earth itself. End quote. Are you saying that we had a species before us that was intellectually uh, smarter than we are now? I'm saying that there are... <clears throat> That uh, when th this is, of course, within the, the biblical context, my book is written within the biblical context. So I'm saying that according to that context, that there were other sentient beings inhabiting the cosmos before the creation of Adam. And those sentient beings are certainly numbered among them would be these entities that the Bible designates as angels uh, and sons of God. And so we were not the first sentient creatures to inhabit the universe. I take it you, do you consider yourself a religious scholar? No, I don't know. I wouldn't consider myself a scholar. I would say that I am a researcher who has a biblical worldview. I'm, I also, um, I like to read and write about uh, aspects of theology. And so uh, my book is very theological. Um, the, the through narrative in my book is a theological narrative. Um, I'm not strictly theological in my thinking. I study and, and do all, I study all kinds of things. And, um, but 
but the foundation of my thinking is certainly theological. It's certainly, I would say, Christian. Here's a reason for my question. I sometimes have conversations with religious scholars, and a lot of them, I'm not sure if they're somewhat closed-minded, but when you discuss the possibility of life outside of this realm, you know, some people say God created the universe. But some people say, no, 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 it was only here. We were made to be on this plane only. I'm not sure if I believe that, if God is all omnipotent and is everywhere. Why is it that some people just close their mind and think, that's it, it's only here, and only from Neanderthal, Homo sapien, Homo sapien, sapiens, to where we are? Because they have what's called an anthropocentric perspective of the universe. Uh Uh-huh. Anthropocentric means human-centric. And so from a human-centric perspective, an anthropocentric perspective, everything revolves around mankind. And again, within the biblical narrative, this is a perspective uh, pursuant to the biblical narrative that everything revolves around uh, mankind, that we are the we are the primary protagonist in the story of creation, that the, the universe is centered on us. Um, and this is actually unbiblical. It's not. It's it's not the correct theological perspective. Uh, the correct theological perspective is what's called a Christocentric perspective, and the Christocentric perspective is a Christ-centered perspective, in which everything revolves around the Son of God. Everything was created, as the Scriptures say, through Him and for Him and by Him. And in him all things consist. And so we are ancillary characters in his story. He is the primary protagonist. The universe was created for him and not for us. And so from the anthropocentric perspective, it's difficult to imagine other sentient beings inhabiting the universe, even though we know that there are such sentient beings within the biblical narrative. Um, But a lot of Christians have a hard time because they have this anthropocentric post-centric perspective, and everything is anchored on the human species. Whereas if you have the correct perspective, the Christocentric perspective, and you have an understanding that anchors all things on Christ, on the Son of God, then then the existence of other sentient beings in the universe, even inhabiting other planets, other civilizations, is no problem whatsoever because you are not the center of the story. Things were happening in the universe before we were we were here. Uh, and and that, to me, is a much more accurate uh, and theologically correct perspective, the Christocentric perspective. And so that that's why so many so many Christians have a problem with the idea of extraterrestrial life, even though it's presumed in the biblical narrative. And you see, that's a very, and I'm just I'm going to bring my opinion to the table, but that seems to be the most sensible of all. Why close our minds and say it's only here because God only wanted us to be here? I've had that conversation probably since I was a teenager with other people, with teachers, with priests who tell me, you know, the other story, the close-mindedness. Where's that really come from? Well, it's, as I said, it's it comes from the anthropocentric perspective, and it also— um, a lot of Christians are hamstrung with a medieval theology, a medieval worldview. And, uh, and so Christians today in the West have a Western medieval Christian 
worldview, which is which is not a very accurate worldview, biblically speaking. And so they 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 become hamstrung with these false uh, notions, these 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 false presumptions about cosmology and about all kinds of things. I mean, there's all kinds of um, presumptuous baggage that 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 Western Christians carry around with them that has nothing to do with the biblical narrative or uh, with um, with a a Hebrew cosmology, which is what which is of course the foundational perspective of the writers of the Bible, and so the Catholic Church has it's has created its own. Um, it's created its own theological worldview, uh, and and a lot of people get get trapped. And not just the Catholic Church; a lot of Protestant churches have have also assimilated this particular worldview, and and so they they become very um, they become they become entrapped, or uh, as I as I said, they become hamstrung by by this particular view, and so when 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 you talk about extraterrestrial life or something something that doesn't fit comfortably into that worldview, then uh, it, it sort of discombobulates them. Now it's interesting because the, the the Catholic Church, the Vatican, let's be more specific, the the um, the priests and the bishops. Uh, and the scholars at the Vatican are 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 feverishly working right now to lay the theological groundwork for for the disclosure of extraterrestrial life, intelligent extraterrestrial life, and that's a main theme that's happening at the Vatican. I believe that the and I don't you know this is getting us into a different subject, but I believe that the um, that elements within the Vatican, within Vatican City, are aware of the extra of an extraterrestrial presence on Earth and uh, and are getting ready to either make an announcement or at least are preparing their theology uh, in anticipation anticipation of such an announcement. I think they've been at this for well, decades at least when they moved their Telescope from Castle Gandolfo because of visual pollution. They moved it, or they created one here in Arizona in Mount Graham. Uh, you probably know this. It's uh, mm-hmm. I believe it's called Lucifer. Why is it the acronym Lucifer? I don't know. It, it it's has- a big, it's a big, long, contrived yeah. name, and it's like they created this weird name so that they can call it Lucifer because Lucifer, as you said, is an acronym, and Lucifer is a device. That's attached to the telescope. It's an infrared device. Exactly. It's light, unified, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, they are interested in knowing. I mean, we've heard about Wormwood, and have, for the last 14, 15 years, I've been talking about E.T. is my brother. So there's a lot of interest, even right now as we speak, not to change the subject, but I believe there's a lot of activity taking place in the Vatican. A lot of archbishops from all over the world are there. They suspect that the the uh, the current pope will be abdicating soon. Uh, have you heard anything about this? You know, <clears throat> I don't know if the, if you've ever heard of a man named Leo Zagami. Yes, of course. Um, it's going to be with me Leo next Zagami's week. Leo Zagami is a friend of mine, and and uh, I spent some time in Rome with him, and he told me something in Rome. He's been very accurate with his predictions about uh, the Catholic Church. In fact, Leo's the most accurate guy I know, him and Tom Horn, as it, as it pertains to predictions about the Catholic Church. And Leo told, told me years ago, probably eight years ago, 
he told me, or seven years ago, he told me that they're ultimately going to dissolve the papacy. And what they're going to do is they're going to create a... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.